0: Hey there, friend, I'm Susan, and this is the Spark Chasers podcast, a series dedicated to the educational changemakers who embrace creativity, seek out challenges and collaborate on solutions. This is a show for any educator looking to explore the creative side in the classroom, business and life. So grab a cup of caffeine, your favorite flare pen, and let's chat about what's now and what could be next well hey there friend welcome back to another episode of spark chasers i'm susan riley your host um so today i want you to think about a couple of um things that may be reminiscent of your childhood schoolhouse rock mr rogers neighborhood sesame street any of these ring a bell for you if you're an 80s baby like me? Absolutely. But what else other than, <laughs> other than that, what else do these all have in common? They are a great example of what is now coined edutainment. And so while the idea of edutainment obviously isn't new, you know, uh, Jim Henson, I think their organization built an entire, you know, um, workshop based on edutainment, uh, the term has definitely taken on a whole new evolution as access to learning has become more open in the past three decades. So everything from TED Talks to Creative Lives um, to Rock Concerts for Teacher PD has emerged as a way to make learning more fun. But are we on a dangerous slope? In this episode, we're going to dive into this controversial topic of edutainment and get curious about what edutainment means for students in 21st century classrooms. Now, that being said, I do want to put the caveat on here that I am not against edutainment. Um, I'm actually not completely for edutainment either. And so really, this episode has evolved through my own considerations of the approach, uh, I've had a lot of people ask whether arts integration or STEAM would be considered edutainment, and I honestly don't believe so. And I th- and as we get further into this episode, you're gonna see why. Um, but I will say I've noticed in myself over the last couple of years watching these things evolve, um, watching more and more educators posting things across social media that are clearly edutainment um watching demo schools arise with um that is that are purely based in edutainment i have been a little uneasy and so um whenever i get uneasy And by uneasy, I mean that part of me sees that as just an amazing evolution of of education, and part of me has some serious reservations. Whenever I feel a little uneasy about something in education, I tend to approach it with a curious mind and asking myself, why does that make me uncomfortable or uneasy? Or why does that make me excited? Um, and I think it's the best way that we can all approach new things that are are coming our way. Obviously, we've had an entire year of new, right? Um, but I think too often, we um, kind of draw a line in the sand. And it happens in every area. Anytime we see change, we kind of, um, we want to say, well, this is what I believe, or this is what I think works, or, and that doesn't make any sense. And I'm really opposed to that. But I really believe that for most things, there is, there is a happy medium, right? There's, there's benefits to both sides. And the best way that we can determine where we want to go is simply by getting curious and asking a lot of questions. So that's what I want to do in this episode. I want us to ask questions together to be thinking about this. You may totally disagree with um, this approach. You may totally be for it. And, you know, your classroom is the hallmark of edutainment. I am not making a declaration one way or the other. I'm asking us to consider um, all of it, including the research, which I'm going to bring up, and think about what is gonna work best for me and for my students. So let's dig in. First of all, let's start with a base model for what qualifies as edutainment. Now, according to researchers, edutainment is a hybrid genre that relies heavily on visual material, on narrative or game-like formats, and on more informal learning styles. The purpose of edutainment is to attract and hold the attention of the learners by engaging their emotions. And it involves an interactive pedagogy that depends on an obsessive insistence that learning is inevitably fun. So that comes from researchers Buckingham and Scanlan back in 2000. And there's so much to unpack here. So let's start at the the beginning of their definition. First, it's a hybrid genre that relies heavily on visual material, narrative, or game-like formats. So think about the classrooms that you have seen either on social media or in your school or even your own. How much of it is using visual material? Um, How much of it is based in story or a narrative or crafting a... um, a kind of uh, environment, right? A storied environment or how much of it is based in game-based learning, right? Um, I would think almost 99% of it falls into one of those three categories. Um, and everything that I've seen, that's, that's, that appeals to um, visual learners. It appeals to auditory learners, kinesthetic learners. Um, we we know that humans learn through story. So engaging the narrative element um, is definitely good pedagogy. So this is uh, from, from this first part of the definition, edutainment um, is, is working through what we know the brain needs in order to make synaptic connections, right? Um, The purpose, let's talk about the, their definition of purpose. Um, And, and I don't, Maybe I'm reading a lot into this definition. I I could be, but it sounds almost a little um, disdainful, right? (laughs) So when they get to this second half. So the purpose of edutainment is to attract and hold the attention of the learners by engaging their emotions. So this is the piece of edutainment that I think we're going to really get curious about um, a little bit later on. This idea of attracting and holding attention. We know in the last 20 years that the attention span of our students has gotten less and less. And so educators are scrambling to find a way for students to stay engaged. What's interesting about this part of the definition is that it is based on student emotions. And this is where I start to get a little uneasy, if I'm honest, because as any good therapist will tell you, emotions are fleeting. Um, being able to ride an emotion out, its it comes and goes. It's not something that you can count on, right? I mean, any of you who teach middle schoolers know this. We know this. Um, so the idea that we are looking to hold attention of our learners by engaging their emotions Um, that gets a little tricky for me. That gets a little slippery for me because I want something a little bit more um, concrete and uh, in depth than the emotions of my students. And and what if they're having a bad day or what if they're having a great day? And I think that this lesson is awesome um, that we did, that this edutainment lesson that we did is awesome. And then the next class I try it and it bombs, right? And I don't know why. It could just be that the students who were in my classroom the first period, it 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 appealed to their emotions. In this second class, their emotions are on a free fall. So it doesn't work for them. And so um when I'm looking at lessons to know whether or not they're effective, I'm gonna need something more than connecting with emotion. But at the same time, if we're considering this in terms of um having an emotional component, you know, certainly when we tell stories, we want to evoke an emotional response of some sort, right? Because we know that when you can evoke a response from um, a student, it's more memorable. They have a connection to it. And so I think it's important to understand if we're gonna work at, at getting attention of students through emotion, That we're doing so purposefully and i'm going to come back to that word again and again in this episode because i think it's so important now the last part here is where i think it really turns to disdain for these researchers Um, their last part of their definition says it involves an interactive pedagogy which i think is good and depends on an obsessive insistence that learning is inevitably fun. And you have to know in the, and I put this in the show notes, but in their, in their definition, they put that fun in quotes, right? An obsessive insistence that learning is inevitably fun. So, um, and, and this is something that I think people who are advocates for edutainment really cling to that learning is fun and learning should be fun and it should be joyful and there's and fun is not a dirty word when it comes to education right um, and those who are opposed to edutainment feel like learning shouldn't just be fun and I think that's where the, in this definition the, the obsessive insistence that learning is inevitably fun comes in that it's um, that it's only about the fun and so, again, this is where we start to get a little curious. Does does edutainment automatically mean fun? Is it, is, does it equate to that? Um, I don't know. This is where we start to investigate a little further. I really believe that this edutainment model lives on a continuum right, that the term comes from combining education and entertainment. So anything that merges these two concepts could count in my mind um, and based on my understanding. So for me, this could look like transforming your classroom into a superhero lair to investigate character traits. Right. So and I've seen this where teachers have like, you know, all the Avengers costumes and and they're in each of these kind of locker spaces and students come in and they transform into these superheroes and take on these character traits as a way to investigate what character traits are or using the Harry Potter house system for classroom management or behavior plans. This is a very popular method. Um, And so and I would consider that edutainment. Bitmoji classrooms. You remember that big craze that happened at the beginning of the pandemic with teachers and creating all of those Bitmoji classrooms? I really feel like that fits into this definition of edutainment, right? That it is in in entertaining students with a, a learning purpose behind it, right? Or teacher PD that focuses on how to make learning fun. Right. So do any of those things sound appealing for you? Of course right? For for most of us, I think it totally does. Like I look at that and I'm like, yeah, who wouldn't want to have a superhero day, you know, in your classroom where you're exploring character traits, right? Or who wouldn't want to have a schoolhouse system that feels like working and learning at Hogwarts? I mean, goodness, of course, who wouldn't want to do that? There are definitely some benefits to this approach. So when I get curious, I tend to go and look up research. and you know that's the type A <laughs> um, nerd in me, but I want to see like what has what have people researched about the topic and what does that research say? And so some research suggests that the model of edutainment combines um, that combines teaching learning outcomes through game based methods has a positive effect on students' perception of learning. Um, students enjoy learning this way and therefore they think that they are learning more what i find interesting about this research is that we're looking again at students perceptions um, and like did i have fun yeah i had fun yeah i would love to learn that way more of course right and especially when you put it with game-based learning which is an entirely um, different method but has some parallels here um, The idea of leveling up and being able to um, engage in this visual medium um, and, and having awards and levels that you get to and then be able to move on and coins to collect, that kind of stuff um, on game-based learning when you're combining that with edutainment. Um, it's almost addictive, right? It's It almost has an addictive quality. So students' perceptions of their learning um, in, in some of this research is that they are enjoying their learning and therefore they think that they are learning more. What I find interesting is there's actually very little actual research on the um, student achievement in edutainment classrooms. And I'm gonna get into that in a little bit um, a little bit later. English language learners in particular seem to find more success with this edutainment model when focusing on vocabulary instruction. Um, that was done as a thesis out of um, California State University by Filada in 2013. And um and this, the, the research on that one, that thesis statement, the control groups versus um, the groups that actually received the treatment, those English language learners did see some more success on um, their vocabulary components of that instruction um, in terms of their acquisition of the vocabulary and the retainment of the vocabulary. Additionally, teachers report that students seem more engaged and excited to participate in learning when edutainment methods are used, right? Um, This approach can make learning more memorable and help information stick. I really relate that to arts enhancement. Right. Like we talk about, we've talked about this on podcasts before that arts enhancement is a great tool to help make learning sticky. Right. To help students remember things and retain things. And similar to that arts integration continuum where you have arts enhancement on one side and arts integration on the other. And there is a process between the two. Right. Edutainment models also offer a sliding scale of outcomes. Right. So in the end, it's really all about purpose and intention. So are you looking for students to have fun and memorize facts? Or are you looking for them to become independent learners who have mastered a specific standard and can apply and create using their understanding? So those are two very different purposes. And this is what I want us to start to think about when we're considering edutainment. Actually, when we're considering any kind of model for education, um, let's just put that out there. What is the intention? What's the purpose? If it's simply to have students memorize facts, retain information, or gather knowledge, um, I think edutainment really works well. And I think that's what the research is is indicating. Um, if we're asking students to apply that knowledge and create with that knowledge something new, that is where I'm wondering if educate if edutainment is um, a viable method for that. And so at some point we need to get our learners moving from just knowledge acquisition to being able to apply and create that knowledge. I mean, think of Bloom's taxonomy, right? We want them to get to that higher level of learning. I think as educators, one of the most frustrating things for us is seeing our students struggle at that higher end because we are so used to making sure that they hit the, just the knowledge, um, you know, acquisition piece, <laughs> Um, Or sometimes we think that they're applying and they're really not. And so when they have to apply something or make an inference um, and they struggle, we get frustrated because we're like, oh, but we taught that. And yet sometimes we didn't. And there's a disconnect there. Um, And so that's where I think we start to see some of the breakdown in edutainment. And it's where I think the edutainment model gets sticky. Okay. Okay because I want us to think about what is actually being learned when we're using this approach, because engagement and learning are not the same thing. Can they happen simultaneously? Yes, but just because a student is engaged does not automatically mean that they are learning. And on that same idea, knowledge acquisition and knowledge construction live on opposite sides of the continuum and if we think on that arts integration continuum and we talked about this before that arts enhancements on one side and arts integrations on the other and you have this whole set of um, kind of ideas that move you from one side to the other on this continuum the same is true of knowledge acquisition and knowledge construction there's a whole lot that goes on between you know just a, a, acquiring knowledge and actually being able to use that knowledge and create something new with it right retention of learning and being able to apply and create with that knowledge are different and we have to acknowledge that um so what i am curious about with edutainment and because i simply haven't seen it yet and i've seen a lot of classrooms and i've seen a lot of different ways that edutainment is used and i have yet to see an environment where edutainment is teaching students how to apply and create with their new skills, um, which is concerning to me um, as an educator because that's where I need my students to be. The part about this that's not often talked about with the edutainment approach are meeting curricular standards right? It's one thing for students to have fun. And do we want them to have fun? Absolutely. But what are they learning? I'm going to say something that may be unpopular, and that's okay. I will own it. Uh, there is a, a, a saying that's going around right now um, in the education community that says, uh, and maybe you've seen it, that says, I teach, and then it says, it says, I teach standards, and standards is crossed out and replaced with students. Right. So I teach not standards, students. And I think this is a dangerous thing. Um, Do we teach students first? Yes. But that kind of a phrase indicates that standards is somehow a dirty word. Right. Or that we are not teaching standards. We are teaching students. But here's the thing. Oh, we can't (laughs) teach our students without standards and have them see the success and and meet the potential that they are given because without an understanding of where they're headed we are just kind of all sitting together having a good old time but what is the outcome where are we getting them to that's like teaching a student um (laughs) teaching a student um how to you know set a budget without teaching them how to write a check first? Like, how do you know (laughs) how to set a budget and all of the things that go there without knowing how to write a check? Or, and maybe that makes me old because maybe not everybody writes a check anymore. They just use Apple pay and on their way. But, (laughs) but you know what I'm saying? Um, sometimes I think we, we miss the point that teaching students does mean teaching standards and standards is not a dirty word. All that it is, is knowing where we're going, <laughs> knowing where we're at on the map and knowing where we're trying to get to. Um, and you can teach both well, right? So, um, the idea sometimes when we're looking at edutainment, I question what standards are are we teaching? And where's the outcome? Where are we trying to get our students to go? And if it's just having fun, I don't know that I can get behind that completely. Another question that has arisen over the past decade is whether we are training our students to expect that learning needs to entertain them to be of any value. Sometimes, we learn material not because it's fun, but because it's necessary. Let's just be real. Like who wants to learn about creating a budget? Like maybe those of you who really love numbers. But for me, budgeting is pretty dry, right? But if I don't know how to budget, um, my company wouldn't still be here. I would not still have my house. <laughs> like You would need to to know those things, right? It's a necessity. Um, and, and does it mean that I can't have fun learning how to create a budget? Sure. But at the end of the day, sometimes you don't need the fun in order to learn the material. Sometimes you just got to learn the material and then you can have fun later on, right? Um, As researchers Bloom and Han- Hanich, I, I always say that uh, that last name wrong. So sorry, H-A-N-Y-C-H. Um, in 2002, they observed that equating learning with fun suggests that if students are not enjoying themselves, they're not learning. In other words, learning becomes an obstacle that learners need to overcome. That is a, like that statement right there made me pause and really think for a minute. Learning becomes an obstacle that learners need to overcome. To Bloom and Hanich, such an approach doesn't promote learning. It trivializes the learning process. So again, when we talk about getting curious about edutainment, this is one of the things that I'm I'm wondering. Are we actually setting our students up to for for difficulty later on. And what about the teachers? Like, how many times have you looked at another teacher's classroom, either online or in your school, that is using the edutainment model and thought one of two things? One, how do they have time for that? <laughs> right? Or two, oh, I must be a lesser educator because I'm not doing that. Um I, I wonder, are we sacrificing our time, our resources, our mental health and our curriculum outcomes for the sake of entertaining our students and making sure that they're having fun? This is a big problem, my friends. We and I know we've talked about this multiple times. This is something that goes rampant on social media, the idea of com- the comparison trap. And how, you know, we're, how rampant that is among educators and everybody right now. I mean, obviously everybody, but it, particularly in education, when we see all these people who have hundreds of thousands of followers, right? And they're constantly posting these pictures of of their classrooms that with all of these materials and fun things that are going on and 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 you're just trying to get through a day. You're just trying to hold on. And you're looking at this going, oh, like, am I a bad teacher because I'm not doing that? Or <laughs> like, how how did they find the time to put that all together? Or how much money do they have that they're putting that together and buying all of these things, right? Like, I think this does something dangerous to our psyches as educators. Uh, just because you're not doing those things doesn't make you a bad educator, and if you want to do those things and you are doing those things, it doesn't mean that you are um, just doing fluff projects either, right? I think it's, it's we have to look at this for what it is and not as um, whether or not we are good educators by whether or not we use edutainment, okay? Because at the end of the day, it's a method, not a curriculum. Edutainment doesn't have to be either or. There is a time and place for it as a teaching method. I really believe that. I love looking at those things. And if that's what you're doing, that's awesome. But I want it to be a part of what you do, not the thing that you do, right? And should students and teachers have joy in learning? Yes, absolutely. And can we do that while still teaching curricular standards? Yes. That's the thing that I don't think it's talked about enough. You can do edutainment and meet curriculum standards but you have to do it with intention and like i said i've never seen a classroom that is truly teaching those curricular standards through edutainment in a way that students master those standards and then apply them in a new way can they can we teach standards through edutainment yes are we asking our students to then apply and create with that knowledge through edutainment i don't know I've not yet seen it. Doesn't mean that it's not out there. I've just not seen it yet, right? Um, Do we always need to entertain our students in the classroom? No, no, no. And I think we should take that burden off of ourselves as educators. It's not our job to completely make sure our students are entertained 100% of the time, right? As with most things, using the edutainment model is both an art and a science, And knowing when it's appropriate and incorporating it into your teaching practice can be a great thing to explore. But if you don't have the time or resources to make your curriculum into a bakery for math class, it's okay. It doesn't make you less of an educator. Here's what I think makes a difference in the end for our students. Knowing your students as people and helping them achieve their greatest potential in whatever way that looks like. I would really love to hear from you about this topic. Do you advocate for this approach? Do you have concerns about this model? Am I way off base? Um, Did it resonate with you today? Send me a note through the Ask Me Anything button um, on our Spark Chasers page. So just go over to artsintegration.com forward slash Spark Chasers, find that Ask Me Anything button and let me know either in a a text or um, a video call or um, even an audio message. There are so many different ways that you can can talk about it with me. Um, let's explore this and get curious because together we can chase the spark of our ideas and make a brighter future for everyone. I'll see you soon. Well, check that off your list, my friend. You just finished another episode of the Spark Chasers podcast. If you want more, head over to artsintegration.com forward slash sparkchasers for show notes, a space to tell me what you thought of today's show, and links to what we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This helps others find the show so we can all grow and learn together. Can't wait to get together again soon.